you know, most gaming conventions skew heavily male, right? And there are some single males who go to these conventions and they can hope to meet, you know, a female or vice versa. Well, no, a female wins if she goes to a gay convention. But uh, the, the cruise itself, like, we're only a part of it, right? So aside from the gamers, like, you can enjoy time with us as, like, a summer camp together via on a boat. And then afterwards, if you want to mingle with non-gamers or just anyone who's on the boat, that's also there, too. So we will, um, we will not have a, a sausage boat, if you will. <laughs> They told me not to be so arrogant on the intro when I have less subscribers than the math to the video. But funk that, let me be real for a minute. We've been here for years to do what we do because we love it. We interview people from the game community. It doesn't matter if you're new or a huge celebrity. Like getting rid of Derek Provost so you can hate me because the thumbs down is seriously stupid currency. Shows are smart, funny, and makes you think. Kills off most of our viewers with just a wink. We're here for you. All Lord supporters, I'm like Bernie Sanders, send me your nickel diamond quarters. We love our guests, except the ones that say no. I make too many intros for the Obsolete Gamer Show. That's right, sit back, relax, it's the Obsolete Gamer Show. When I first came to Miami, one of the first things that I did is I, I got my computer and I went online and I started looking for places to play video games. and. I went on sites, I started searching for places and I found like Cali, I found uh, GameSpy and I found Duango. And on Duango, they had different sections. And what was really cool is they had a section just for Miami. And from there, I got with a group of people who they told me, hey, we're gonna start this LAN party. And from there, they connected me with this LAN party called Red Eye. And from there, I went to this LAN party with all these people from all over South Florida that, came together and was co connecting their computers and playing all these awesome games. I was like, wow, this was cool. And I met all these people. And from there, I made basically almost all my friends that I have still today. I got connected with Alienware, which is, is based out of uh, South Florida. And, you know, still today, I, I connect with all these people. And one of the things that I learned was getting together in the community with people that you meet is really important especially you know online it's really great you can meet all these people but to be able to meet people in your own community and go out and, and hang out and have meetups and things like that is really awesome so it's really great you know when you see people putting in work and trying to build a community of gamers that you can actually hang out so i'm really happy to be talking today with andrew and you know what i'm you know i've known you for a while but i've butchered so many freaking names I'm not going to do it today, so I'm just going to let you do it. Why don't you tell me the correct pronunciation of your last name so I don't kill it? Yeah, fair enough. It's, it's, a, it's a long one, so uh, it's Frat Archangeli. When you look at it in segments, it's Frat Archangeli, which is brother of the Archangel. Oh, Lord. Yep. See, I, I would have <laughs> destroyed that last name. Holy yeah. shit. Yeah, I usually right. get it called uh, Frat, Frat, uh, Frat Archangeli. Uh, all kinds of things. It's it's crazy. <laughs> See, I thought it was bad with my last name where people would say like Lara Q, but no, that last name, I would have destroyed that. Did you ever see the Key and Peele skit? Oh, yes. <laughs> Substitute. <laughs> a, a, Ron. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, um, okay. So, I mean, you, you put together a lot. Not only do you have like Game Trap, you have Make 
Games Miami and what we're going to be talking about, the GakuCon, the, the cruise that you guys got coming up, a long endeavor that you've been working on for a long time. But let's start with the beginning because, I mean, with, with us with Obsolete Gamer, I mean, we thought just that, just putting it together, trying to get something like that off to the ground, uh, off the ground, getting uh, people to come watch the show, uh, getting social media. Anyone that has tried to put anything together knows how hard it is to get people engaged. But what you're trying to do, not only trying to get gamers engaged, come out to events, you know, you're working with colleges, things like that. You know, it takes a lot of work. Can you tell us about the beginnings? You know, what was your motivation in trying to get things, you know, off the ground? So originally, uh, I met Frank, uh, my my co-founder for everything at uh, Tiger Direct. It'll pop up here in the background. <laughs> there you go. Hello. What's up, yeah, Frank? We met at Tiger Direct, and uh, we, we were just talking about making a game. So that kind of led into, like, okay, well, how do we start? How do we get to meet people and, like, you know, find an artist, find the, a hardcore programmer, and kind of get something off the road or off the ground? And uh, we used to meet during lunch, you know, our one-hour lunch from working at a corporate, you know, cubicle-style job. And then uh, started looking around for meetups and different things. And there were actually a few meetups down here, but they weren't uh, as active. Um, and by chance, I had an individual uh, contact me to start the Miami Game Developers Meetup. That was the first, that was like version one of the community where it's at now. Um, so we did a couple events with him, uh, but over time, he didn't have much, much time to contribute towards this. And he had some problems with... Uh, the Florida Game Developers Association, which is another group we work with that tries to help the entire state as far as events. Um, so that kind of is what spawned Make Games Miami. It was like the, uh, the peace pipe to unite multiple groups and kind of still have the same thing going on. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it all started from there, really. Like the need of, of the network is what drove us to start doing this, right? And it was super simple. I mean, the hardest thing for us was finding the venue. And then from there, because so many people wanted to start making games here in Miami. Once we went on Meetup and it did its automatic like email distribution, we started having like five, 10 people showing up, 20 people. Now we're in like the 30s and 40s. So over like two years, you know, we're, we're a pretty stable group with uh, two events a month. So it's been, it's been pretty interesting, really fast. <laughs> yeah, and it's interesting. I mean, for, for people who are outside of South Florida, you know, it might not, you might not understand a connection, but, you know, Tiger Direct uh, is, is you know pretty big uh in south florida and then you also had like people who was connected with uh, alienware a lot of people were uh connected with tiger direct as well there's a lot of back and forth a lot of people know uh, the people back and forth in there and you know you'd have people that are interested in like land parties and game development and things like that and you also had like the colleges uh what was interesting to me, not only just talking about gamers, but you had people who wanted to create games. And when I went out to LA, you know, you, you always had that thing, not only with games, but with film, people always talking about, oh man, I have to, to head out, go out to, to LA and do this. And in the film community, they have a thing where they're saying, hey, you know, never LA. Like you don't have to go out to LA necessarily to, to get into film. And I know that's one of the things that you're working uh, with here in Miami as well, saying that, yes, obviously it's not going to be like LA where you have all these gigantic game companies, but the idea is you don't necessarily have to go out to LA to make uh, a game. You can make it anywhere as you've seen lots of game companies are making Canada, uh, Seattle, places like that. And that's one of the things that you've been working with too, colleges and development for, for gamers who want to make games here as well. 
Yeah, that's the thing is, uh, I mean, in today's day and age, right, like we're doing an interview online here, we're getting, you know, everything that we need done. The same thing for development, like there's no real reason anymore to geolocate yourself near other people, aside from the human contact point, which is a big thing in a lot of cases, but as far as getting a product done and getting the game, or say the game, getting a game done and meeting talent, you could work online completely. And then on top of that, you have like Make Games Miami or other local groups as well. So the, the move to LA, like anti-movement is something that we're, we back big time. Um, we actually have a panel about that specifically coming up in uh, October at Miami-Dade College's anima uh, animation conference. So it was specifically themed around there about um, film and not moving to LA or um, you know, talented artists or programmers having to move. So it's, it's all about building locally, right? Because it's possible. We have the tools, we have the talent. There's no reason why we can't. And as far as the events, you know, I've been out to the local events, getting people together, not just for video games, board games as well. That's something that's blowing up. Um, you know, board games have been around forever, obviously, before even video games. But that's also making a big comeback. People love the board games that are coming out. Uh, can you tell us about that aspect of trying to create these events, getting people to come out, you know, especially older people who, you know, love to... Uh, engage in a nice cold tasty beverage and mixing those two together especially look Miami you have the clubs I mean the aspect uh, there's been a lot of re uh, articles written that you know not all gamers are sitting at home just chilling no. on you know in their basements or whatever stereotype you know especially in Miami we like to go out and party we like to have that club atmosphere and you see here that we'll go out on a Friday Saturday night and enjoy that kind of uh, fun and still play games. And we see that at these type of events, especially the ones that you guys have done. Yeah, you know what's really interesting is um, the game pub concept, which is kind of popping up across uh, the country and hopefully down here eventually. Uh, we did do that event that you got to attend where I met a, uh, an owner of a bar called Ellswood uh, Pub downtown. And uh, I, I thought it was only gonna be like, you know, 20 people maybe, but we, we ended up packing out the event, if you remember. And, the place sold out of food. We had people playing board games, you know, all kinds of card games. There were uh, a Wii's hooked up to the, the TVs. Um, it's an interesting thing, right? Like, like you were saying, the average gamer isn't what most non-gamers think of us, right? Like we're, we're older now, right? Like we're in our thirties, you know, uh, we have disposable income and we like to drink and we like to socialize and we like to play. It's the same reason why bars exist in the first place, right? Like it's infinitely cheaper to just stay home and chug a bottle by yourself to get drunk if that's the goal. But most of the time it's like you go out to drink because it's a social aspect. The same thing with gamer, gaming, right? Like it, by nature, it's social, especially board games, card games. So people going out and doing these things together, even though they can just play online is, it's a huge thing, right? Like that's why it happens. Like why, why stay home when you could play with others and see, you know, your, your, the, uh, your opponent's face of despair as you crush them or the joy of your, your partner as you, you defeat a challenge of some sort. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And as far as the educational aspect, um, you know, can you tell us a little bit about that? Because really interesting going back to the idea that, you know, people who are interested in game development uh, don't necessarily have to go somewhere else. Obviously you don't necessarily have to go to college to be a game developer, but uh, now you're seeing more courses being added. Like Miami-Dade has a course now, they have a nice campus, uh, that a facility downtown that you can go and see. Uh, can you tell us about your work with the college campuses and you know having people come out and speak? We've seen people who have done game development uh, 
uh, go out. We've seen businesses like Origin PC, Alienware come and speak about what it takes to be in the industry. And that's really been great for people who want to get into the gaming industry. I mean, it's so, you know, great that, you know, years ago, people, it, it was like, oh, you're playing video games. That's not going to amount to anything. And now yeah. people legitimately could get into gaming and not necessarily you know, playing video games, even though that that's a route with pro gaming, yeah. but you have so many fields yeah. in gaming that this can be, you know, a lucrative uh, path for a career. Can you just tell us about that aspect of what you're doing? Yeah. So, um, I mean that, that concept, the notion that you're hitting on there is, is exactly why like our, the first company that we started for this, um, game trep came about it's for game entrepreneurs, right? Like there's so many ways you can get into the industry now. You're not tied to, you know, you don't need a bachelor's or a master's in it. The industry is hugely portfolio driven from everyone that I've spoken to about it. And the same thing, like even me working with contractors or bringing people on board, I'd rather see what you can do versus your degree. A piece of paper is great and all because it says, hey, you can live up to deadlines, but it doesn't speak to your talent and your drive, right? So that I think that's why like the, the, uh, the start of the industry kind of led with that and it's stuck with that, which is good. But it's also rough because you have to be like after school, if you are going to school for game design, you have to be putting in time to make your own game, make your own assets, your portfolio, stuff like that. Um, but it's also good, too, because technically you don't need school, right? Like if you don't have the money or the access, you know, YouTube, uh, Udemy, uh, Linda, any of those, you can start picking up skills. And the barrier to entry has never really been lower, right? Like the Unreal 4 engine is free. Unity's free. You know, they have all these different tools. You can use Blender if you're doing modeling. Uh, all these different tools you can use without even paying anything, right? So you, you can start like today. If you were interested in making games, you could just download all these things and start playing around with it and then chipping away at it. Now it's a big task, but if you if you take a, a good learning approach, right, and start with very small projects, very very small things, like oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna open up uh, Unreal and I'm gonna put a block in the engine and I'm gonna make it move with the controller. That's a good first start, right? And then from there, when you really think about it, you're gonna just eventually swap out the block with a character, start adding in assets, you start looking at more complex designs. So it's very practical now. Um, the market is very, I guess, flooded in a sense because the bar is so low, but that's where passion comes through, right? Like anyone, a lot of people wanna make games, but it comes down to like, how bad do you really wanna do it? <laughs> yeah. So the cool thing is, uh, with the schools at least, uh, they, they picked us up real quick. Anytime that I've gone to any of the major schools, I was like, hey, can we do a meetup here? And they were like, oh yeah, that's great because they know the value it brings, right? Like it gets the kids out of class afterwards to learn some extra skills or get to know people because it's important, so. Now, before we get into the GakuCon and, and the cruise, um, now we have like Florida Supercon, um, long time ago they had like the EverQuest cons, but even though that's more like Orlando, there's also little cons here and there. We've had like the pinball, things like that, a, a couple of retro gaming cons, smaller cons. Um, maybe I'm missing something, but why isn't it that we don't have a big video game convention here? Why do we see it in other places? I understand obviously California, Seattle, uh, you know, we have like PAX East. What What is it about Florida? Like, why isn't it that we can't get one? I mean, this this looks like it would be a perfect place, a vacation spot, nightlife. I mean, Vegas gets it. You know, what's missing here? Like, is I mean, you're you're plugged in. Do you have an answer that would maybe I make think um, understand? Yeah, I I don't know. Like from from growing up down here and being a gamer, right? Like I lived a double life, and I'm sure most South Florida like 
gamers have to an extent where you have like the gaming side and then you have like your your front end persona that you kind of have to do because Miami like it's an underground culture here right like it has been for so long unfortunately we did have a lot of cool things but they never really became mainstream or large enough because of stigmas or other things that that are here you know in Miami um fortunately we've been beating that back like no tomorrow over the last two years and um, we are making, you know, a game convention happen. And there has been interest from other people that I've spoken to. Um, but I, I think a lot of it also had to do with, uh, you know, you do have Florida Supercon and they do have gaming events at them. But a pure gaming event, if you were to have, like, say, uh, you know, a gigantic LAN area and then, uh, you know, VR displays and on, it's a little bit more cost prohibitive than the normal convention, right? Because, say, for an anime convention, you'd need the space, tables, you know, artists, you know, screening rooms, stuff like that. But gaming adds on the extra layer of complexity because then you need like high-speed internet at your venue and high-end machines. You can't just get by with like low stuff. Um, so it's a little bit more hard to step into uh, to create a game convention. So maybe that's one of the big reasons why someone hasn't just been like, yeah, let's do this. Um, but aside from that, there have been like, there has been interest in the last few years, at least that I've been involved. We're just pulling the trigger on it now though ourselves. Um, so hopefully it keeps going from there. But aside from that, Miami has always had like the dual culture thing as far as I've been, as far as I've seen. So as far as uh, GakuCon and, and the crews, now I know that this, this project, you've been working on it for a while. And uh, when people see the crews, you know, of course, some people are like, wow, that sounds awesome. But with anything, especially gamers, you have the skeptics. And right away, someone's going to be like, a cruise? Gamers on a cruise? And immediately the stereotypes kick in. I'm a man of logic. So I've been to so many conventions. And like I said, I see the other side. I've been to the World of Warcraft conventions where you'll think, oh, these are going to be the nerds of the nerds. And then you'll go to the hotel and these guys are partying just as hard as when you're in Vegas. And you'll be like, wait, these are nerds? No, this isn't your old school nerds. And they're partying just like I've been on party boats and they're partying the same thing. So I know exactly what you're going for on this type of cruise. And I think it's going to be awesome. But tell us about this journey uh, to, to what you're building here. So the cruise uh, kind of came about when we were thinking about doing a game convention, basically to be the, um, the capstone or like the, the, the cherry on top for the community to grow, right? Because we want to make it a national event anyways, or like to eventually. Now we started thinking about that, right? Like there is PAX, there's GDC, there's all these other major conventions, local conventions. So we had to try and figure out a way to kind of do something different that can be extremely enjoyable, hopefully for the guests, that's the idea. And us being older gamers now, um, you know, we started thinking about like, uh, you know, the conventions are a lot of fun, but they're also very tiring and you're, you're crowded into a space and, um, so the cruise came up because I've been on a couple cruises. I love them. Like you just go on and the moment that you step on, you don't have to worry about driving anywhere. You know, you can get completely hammered and then stumble back to your room if you want. Uh, they have food at whatever hours you want. And then they have the other activities as well. It's very, it's relaxing. So we figured like, okay, well, is it feasible? Can we actually put a convention on a cruise, especially at our level, right? Like we have to start small. So uh, we spoke with a couple of the, the cruise uh, partners originally like Royal Caribbean Cruise Lines and uh, Carnival and Norwegian Cruise Lines. And um, you know, they all came back and said, yeah, yeah, we can just get you a separate space dedicated for your event. So every day we would have to set up you know, a LAN area or exhibition 
or you know scavenger hunt set up uh, basically each day could be something different in the the spaces that we have allocated and then they even have space for our guest speakers like fatality greg street ghost crawler um destructor is gonna be doing a podcast on there and we're gonna have um a whole speaking area for that so it kind of will be like a hall at a normal convention except after that you don't have to worry about driving back to a hotel or anything you can go enjoy some sun afterwards or go play video games you could either see some sun no sun at all or a little mix of both and uh you know your feet will hopefully won't be as dead as a normal convention that's or go eat a bunch of food or get really drunk that's your prerogative right like i'm not going to say what you want to do so, so hopefully yeah. it's something to differentiate it yeah, exactly. And it's uh, January 20, 26th to 30th, so four days. I mean, so it's not like it's a, a long thing any longer than any convention. And that's the thing, like some people were, were looking like at the price point and I'm like, well, do you realize that when you fly out to a convention, when you get a hotel, when you think about meals or anything else, that's more than it is for a cruise. And I think that maybe some of the disconnect is people don't realize what is included into a cruise and, and like you said it's all inclusive you know unless you're getting packages or anything like that but when you think about it, it it's all right there and for a cruise i mean for for like a convention that's perfect because you're not worrying about anything you're right there and then you have like your entire group it's not like oh my my friend is at this hotel three miles away this one's at 10 miles away we're going to eat away over here it's all right there. It sounds like a no-brainer, and come on, that's like South Florida right there, right? Yeah, that that's definitely representative of yeah. us for sure. Um, the the convention, yeah, the the hotel crawl, and just what what the example you gave there, just going to get a bunch of friends who are all at different hotels and organize what you're going to do for dinner, is like a three-hour ordeal out of your day that you burn right there. So uh, that is one thing that we fix, and and part of the problem is now is uh, it is educating people. We actually had to create a little infograph to show people the cost of like a normal convention and then the, uh, you know, the cruise, um, because there is a disconnect there, right? Like it's new, like most people, as far as like gamers, right? Like who haven't gone on, um, uh, thematic cruises like groove cruise or, you know, mu music festivals on boats, they won't know. They'll be like, Oh man, that's an expensive you know ticket to go on a convention, but it factors in your, your hotel, your travel to different locations. So, Hey, you're not only going to be doing a game convention, you're going to get to visit Cosmo, Mexico. You're going to get to stop off at the Keys and check out, you know, what they have going on there. You're going to be in Miami as well. So if, you, if you've never been here, you get to experience all that. So when you look at um, the breakdown, it's, it's, pre it's pretty good. I mean, hotels alone, right? For us here on the West Coast to travel to the, or for us here on the East Coast to travel to the West Coast, the, the, the hotels could be probably half of what the entry-level cruise price is, especially if you're a procrastinator like me. And you don't get your ticket until the last moment. So yeah, we have uh, like a, a, the breakdown. If you go to the price page, um, you can kind of see the infograph where we have it split up for that reason. But it's something that we have, you know, it's growing pains. That's one of our growing pains is we have to get through the first year and, and show people like, hey, there's value in this. You know, we're not, we're not gouging or adding anything crazy on there. To be honest, I'm probably going to lose a bit of money on the first year, but it's okay to me because it's an investment in the community, right? Like year over year, we can grow it. And that's going to come back to the community. So, A, we could start an incubator, hopefully, that's the big dream, and get more projects and stuff funded. Um, this is just a, a kind of an, a long-term investment for that end. Uh, so hopefully it works out. <laughs> yeah, and, and overall, I mean, it, it takes work to get 
you know, a community together, not only in South Florida, but getting everyone else, you know, together on board. So, I mean, I'm sure, I, you know, we, we've talked to other people who have done conventions. It take it takes time, but when, especially when you're trying to make your own mark, and that's the key with what you're doing here. It's not just a carbon copy of another convention. It's something that's unique, and, and that sometimes takes time. But once it's there, then it's like, wow, this was a great idea, and it's unique to put your own brand on it, right? Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that reminds me of uh, an overnight success was made after a year of work. <laughs> it's kind of going to be that, right? Like, if it works out year two, they're like, "Wow, this is great!" You know, like you just came up with this amazing idea, and it all worked out. Um, hindsight, twenty twenty, it'll be like, "Yes, that's a great thing." If someone says, "Oh, this is cool," the idea carried your entire project. I was like, "All right, that's fine with me." Um, if it doesn't work out, I'll just be a raving madman who tried to put a a bunch of gamers on a boat and it didn't work out. <laughs> I'll blame Frank. I'll blame Frank 100%. I'll take the blame. It was a fun decision. Hey, and look, look, look at it this way. And the showers are right at their room. So people don't got no excuse. It's like, hey, yes, the right. showers are right there, bro. Go use those things. <laughs> hey, it's a boat. If someone's excessively stank, they're going overboard. I'm just saying. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to bungee cord you into the water. And you're going to get a shower. <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh you know what destructoid asked a similar question about the cruise too because they were like oh you know most gaming conventions skew heavily male right and there are some single males who go to these conventions and they can hope to meet you know a female or vice versa well no a female wins if she goes to a gay convention but uh the the cruise itself like we're only a part of it right so aside from the gamers like you can enjoy time with us as like a summer camp together via on a boat and then afterwards, if you want to mingle with non-gamers or just anyone who's on the boat, that's also there too. So we will, um, we will not have a uh, a sausage boat, if you will. <laughs> yeah, that's one thing to keep in mind. I, you know, I'll say that um, uh, I've been on plenty of cruises, and most of the time, you got to think of it as like a summer camp for the most part, because a lot of these people, like, if you live in South Florida or look, put like this, if you live in like a big city, it's one thing. Because when you go on these cruises, you probably think to yourself, these are like boring events. Like uh, I'm talking about traditional cruise because they'll have like a camp event. It's like, oh, we're going to do macrame or we're going to do something else. And most people are up on the top doing like the they're at the pool. They're partying. They're drinking and stuff like that. But if you live in Montana and you barely have ever seen the ocean, anything they do on these boats are awesome. So honestly, introducing gaming and stuff like that is incredible to these boats because now these events that are happening are awesome <laughs> because now you're like wow i actually want to go to these events on the boats instead of just sitting at the pool the entire time or getting off at the at the at the stops so i think the idea i actually wanted to go to these events well besides the casino like you see people yeah. at the casino so i think the idea is awesome and what you said about actually having the ladies on the, on the boat hey you know maybe they'll have like a dating thing it's like hey we'll play like a match and then you know if you get lucky <laughs> your room's right there so there you yeah, go Solomon, awesome. all inclusive. <laughs> actually one of all my bucket list on this cruise is to at least play a few games of magic while being Oceanside, right? I'm going to bust out the blue deck and I'm going to completely abuse it. Nice. <laughs> going to completely abuse it. <laughs> so the last thing I want to ask you about is about the Gaku uh, uh, Brawl game that you guys are working on. Yeah, yeah. We got uh, – so that's actually a game that's um, – uh, it's kind of a living game, right? Like every year we're going to be evolving uh, Gaku Brawl or Gaku some form of game. That's a, a kind of a tribute to the game culture and the game industry. 
Um, this year we're working on a super condensed timeline because, uh, you know, it just came up a little late in the production. Uh, but it's it, we're making it happen. Uh, our artist, Foo Shark, who pop up over here, Foo Shark, he's been slaving away. He probably hates me now, but you know I'm gonna ply him with beer and get him to work soon. <laughs> there, <laughs> but the game is, um, you know, the when we first talked about it, every year uh, we're gonna start incorporating like elements of the event, um, elements of game culture. So like for example, uh, in Gaku Brawl, one of the characters, a playable character is called a Gaku. Like it could be a name, it could be the breed. We're still hashing that out, but it's basically a little uh, megalom megalomaniac uh, dinosaur trying to become uh, uh, the super kaiju, right? So it's a little brawl game, a four player brawling game. And the, the, the colors of Gaku are all representative of different like mainstream characters. So like there's a Metroid palette, you know, a Yoshi palette, stuff like that. Um, there's Easter eggs hidden in there. Uh, the character was inspired a lot by like Yoshi and like Pokemon. Um, so we're trying to jam as much like reference of love in there as we can. And then every year past this first year, what we're going to do is also start to incorporate like some of the guests or the exhibitors who are saying like, hey, this is really cool what you're doing with your yearbook game. Um, you know, let's let's feature uh, Wasabi from Wasabi Horizon, a local studio down here or uh, Soul Keeper VR's like gigantic Viking guy. Right. You can do these cameos. Or exhibitors, right? Like if Origin PC or Alienware, they say, hey, it's cool. Let's put your logo somewhere in there and we can figure out how to make it like not campy, like a billboard. Then we could do something like that too. Or guests. If someone crushes our scavenger hunt uh, MMO RPG in real life uh, event on the cruise, maybe next year we'll implement them as like a grand boss or something like that. So it's kind of like, it's a game that's going to evolve. They're all going to be small, um, you know, we don't want to get crazy scope. We're not going to be making an MMO VR game anytime soon with that. Um, and hopefully it kind of becomes a, a unique thing every year. Something that uh, I, I haven't seen yet, at least with a convention to where we can start integrating, you know, people, places and things from the cruise itself. That's very cool. And, and like I said, I like the idea overall of, of a cruise and, and adding gaming to it because look, as much as going on a cruise is about getting away and sometimes you almost want to unplug, after a, you know, like a, a day or so, I was I, I remember taking my DS on the cruise, and I was like, yeah, I'm gonna unplug, and then you're like, you're yeah. pulling it out, and you're you're yeah. on the deck, and you're enjoying the sun, but I was playing that DS, and then especially when you meet another gamer, or they, or you see someone uh, playing something, and you're like, you start talking gaming, now you can mix the two. I mean, come on. That's it. You so, just made a friend for life right there. That's. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna we're gonna put the links up, you know, on the video so you guys can see. I mean, come on, man, you know. And and the great thing, like I said, you know, car it, this is Carnival, right? Yeah, yeah, this one's with Carnival. Yeah, yeah so I mean, great cruise line. I I've been on Carnival a bunch of times. It's good. You get to go to Key West, uh, Cozumel. I've been to Cozumel. It's beautiful with beaches and stuff. And I mean, it's just an opportunity to see all this stuff. And you can go on a cruise, hang out with gamers. So I don't know, man. It's in January too, so it's not going to be packed full of people. It's a good time. Yeah, the, the weather is going to be really nice. Um, you, you know how it is down here. Like in January for us is like the best time of the year when every part, every other time of the year is like an oven. So yeah, it's, 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 it's fortunate, right? Like so, hopefully our, our Canadian game dev brothers or our gamers from like the frozen north will come down and, and thaw out. <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> nice air conditioned room uh, temperatures outside. And some cool guests like Fatality, Destructoid. I mean, you got a yeah. good list. Yeah, 
Yeah, I can only imagine in the, in the coming years. Like our, I, I'm, I'm, I'm fangirling a little bit over some of our guests. You know, like these are people that I've always wanted to meet. So it was great to me uh, to go with the team here and say, like, hey, who, who do we want to try and reach out to and meet, and uh, you know, get on board and if you get people excited, right? Um, so it's pretty cool that these, you know, these guys are all like, oh, this is awesome. Let's, you know, let's do it. Um, so I'm not going to complain at all. <laughs> Sweet. All right. So you guys know about this, so we'll put the information up. And if you guys are thinking about doing a little vacation in January, think about this. Hey, Frank, look at that. You're out there. <laughs> Hi, Andrew. Well, thanks for coming on and talking with us today. Well, thank you for having us. Take care, guys. <laughs>